why are you here? It's because we know and believe that we can make a difference. It's time to step in, to lead boldly and to lead courageously. How we use our power is the measure of our leadership. Great leaders use power to empower other people. Nobody can be you the way that you can be you. Your authenticity is your distinct competitive advantage. Legacy, my darling leaders, is a story about you that is yet to be written, but for which you hold the pen. Intentionally grow every day so that you will have capacity for more, more, and more before. If you're still excited about what you did five years ago, you're not growing. You need to think beyond your means. Dream something so amazing and so ridiculous that it gets you out of your comfort zone and it scares you to death. What instincts do is instincts allow you to pursue the possibilities instead of just protecting the probabilities. When we become successful in organizations, you know, sometimes comfort becomes more important than improvement. You have difficult conversations. They are simply part of being human and how you handle those conversations defines your leadership. We are in desperate need of culturally intelligent leaders who are not fearful of difference, but who will lean into it and say, help me understand what's going on here. I learned such a crucial lesson, which is it's completely irrelevant who's right and who's wrong. The only relevant thing is the customer must always feel heard. If you want to be a success, identify a human need and reach out to solve it. Be relentless in what it is that you want to achieve, but not inflexible to how you want to get there. There's no such thing as winning business. There's no such thing as winning life. Infinite games are a part of our existence. The problem is most of us don't know how to lead in an infinite game. The only true competitor in an infinite game is yourself. Your faith is not a way out of your courage. It is not a way around your sacrifice. Your faith is the strength and the fuel to step into your pain and into your fear and into your failures. Your life is too valuable, your calling too great, your God too good to waste your life on things that do not last. You are a leader. Go do what leaders do with God's help and by God's power. Leaders change the world. In place, how are you? 11 o'clock service, you guys made it, nicely done, I am proud of you. Uh, so that video was the Leadership Summit. It is an event that's been around for like probably 15 years, maybe longer, and it is broadcast around the world into over like 800 and some different locations and simulcasted, and we are going to be a host site for that event this summer. We announced it last weekend, and we just are excited, and here's what I'll say. I believe that some of our greatest leaders in our culture are coming out of the church. 
and will can come out of the church. Let me say it again because you need to get more excited. Some of our greatest leaders in our culture are coming out of the church. I believe when we serve a great God that he has great things for us to accomplish. And I believe that the church can be a place where leadership is developed and it's awesome. And so we are going to invest in you and we're going to believe in you and we are going to uh, just root you on to become a leader wherever you are. And that event is for that. Are you guys excited? It is on August 8 and 9. And if you call second place your home, then you get to go for a discounted rate. It's two days. It's awesome. Those are the speakers from last year. Um, we're excited. Today is going to be great. Not only that announcement, but we dedicated a baby this morning. She was cute as could be, about ripped this off my face, but we're good. And we are opening up today's service with a song that we wrote and we debuted last Sunday night at our worship uh, night for our anniversary. It's called Masterpiece. We wrote it and we are excited for you guys. So why don't you stand up, be a part of this thing, and let's just get this rolling. Hey, so I don't really know how to like talk about this, so I just go for it. You know, uh, how many of you got a news and events on the way in? Yeah, cool, cool, cool. You got it? So, you know, there's a stigma around church. I mean, Dave did a good job right there. We're taking an offering right now for our outreach program. Um, but money is always a weird thing, especially when the guy with the mic is talking about it, but we just don't care. So we're just going to talk about it because we're family, right? So on the news and events, we've been tracking the tithing in, the, in kind of like our general fund offering a little differently. If you have that in front of you, you can refer to that right side of that page. And there in the tithe box, we'll see that we are running right now at a deficit to what we had budgeted for of about $13,000. It's a big number. But I don't want you to freak out just yet because I want you to kind of understand that a little bit because God is a good God. And many times when we see something in our own life, circumstances, that we don't understand them and they don't look great. They don't look like how they want, we want them to. But we need to know and we need to remember that God is good and that we've planted good seed. You guys have been planting good seed. You guys have been doing some good work, like pursuing God. And you got to trust that God is going to bring that to fruition, right? And faith in Hebrews 11, faith, the Amplified Bible, if you ever want to check it out, check it out. Because the Amplified Bible talks about faith in Hebrews 11, 1, about the fact that it is this, this confident understanding. It's like there is evidence. It's evidence that is, makes it fact to our heart that is not revealed to the senses. That sometimes what our eyes see, what, our, what we feel, is not exactly the whole story. And how many of you are thankful for that? Yeah, because God is always doing something more. And so what we've done with that deficit is we've said, all right, so how are we going to address that? And we want to be working out of a surplus. Um, don't you guys? You, do you like to have like a surplus in your own budget? Not, like, there's three of us. Yeah, like, Tina, you and I, like, that would be good. We'll, we'll go with it, right? But what we want to do, so we took that $13,000, and we divided it by 19. Why 19, Joe? Because there's about 19 weeks between now and the middle of the year. And we applied that little amount of money to our weekly target. So basically, if we hit our weekly target, we'll be back at, like, even Stephen in the middle of the year, and then we'll start working on a surplus, and we'll be able to continue to see God do awesome things. You guys understand that math, math craziness? If I did that wrong, like 
the money thing, Joe, if I did that wrong, stop me after service, let me know, because I want to know. Like, you got a better way to talk about it? Here's the thing. If we're family, we talk about stuff, right? It's only awkward if you make it awkward. So don't make it awkward or make it awkward, whichever, whichever you like. So speaking of awkward, um, I would love to see you guys like about half of my message today, you know? That'd, be, that'd make me feel good, like you like half of it. I'd love if you loved about 25% of it, but I really hope you remember 10%. And the 10% that I want you to remember, we'll get to. Um, we're kicking off this, this, uh, this message, and we're in week three of this series. We are second. We talked about we are second to him, the fact that Jesus is the way, he is the chain breaker, he is the one, the provider, the healer, we are not. Then last week we talked about we are second to his call. We talked about Abraham and Moses and being called and, and moving into what God calls us to, maybe not knowing where we're going, even like Abraham. And the big question last week we asked is, how do we know that we're ready to make his call more important and the priority in our life is when we ask the question, what are we willing to leave behind? What are we willing to sacrifice? What are we willing to risk? These are the things that we asked last week. But this week, I want us to talk about questions. And the idea that our questions are honestly second to his questions. Now, we have a lot of questions, right? Like, we get in those moments where you, you look in the mirror like, who am I? Like, what is happening? Like, wh wh who is this guy? Or we'll, we'll be like, hey, what should I major in? Or what career path should I take? Or who should I marry? Or where should I live? Or how do I get ahead in life? Or why is there suffering in the world? Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? The questions just are endless, really, right? I mean, they just keep going. And our questions are important. They are very important. They are our questions, right? These are the questions that we wrestle with. These are the questions that, for whatever reason, our experiences have brought us to a place where we have some questions. And those questions are valid, and those questions are real, and those questions are questions that we should wrestle with. Because if we don't, we'll always have it in the back of our mind. So what we've created and, and, and partnered up with is Alpha. And Alpha is a place where you can ask those questions. You can ask questions about life. You can ask questions about faith and about God. And we've always done Alpha here. But this time, this spring, we are doing Alpha out there. And so there are different places where you can connect up with Alpha. If you're interested in that, we would highly encourage you to go through it. Everybody at Second Place, we've asked to go through Alpha at one time or another, and many, many of you have. And so there's going to be um, different places. There's going to be one at GSU. There's going to be one here in town, and they're going to be outside. And it's going to be a great place for people who have questions to ask those questions and wrestle with them. But here's what I'm going to say. Our questions are important, but Jesus' questions are more important. They're superior to ours. Let me underline that again. Our questions are important, but Jesus' questions are more important than ours. Why is that? Because a lot of times, our questions are self-centered. Our questions are about us. Hey, what's in it for me? Great question. It's a selfish question. And our questions are sometimes superficial. But Jesus' questions are critical because they actually tap into the core 
of our soul. Uh, a little, you know, little known guy by the name of Tony Robbins um, said something like this. He said, your, the quality of your questions determine the quality of your life. So we need to ask better questions. And I believe that Jesus asked the best questions. And I want us to take a look at those questions today. We're going to look at four questions. We're going to look at four, only four. He asked a lot of questions, but we're going to look at four of them. We're going to look at what they, when they were asked, how they were asked, to who they were asked, and we're going to then say, why are those questions important? And then we're going to ask this question, are you going to answer them? Because today, we're going to actually take and lift out of Scripture some of Jesus' questions and apply them to our lives today. You guys down? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, you are the teacher. We are the student. And Spirit of God, I pray right now that you would come into this room. You've already been here. You've already inhabited the praises of your people. Lord, you are here right now, and you want to teach us through your Spirit. So God, we open up our minds. We open up our hearts. We open up our eyes of our heart to be able to see and understand some things new that we didn't understand before we walked in. Help us to change. Help us to engage with you. Help us to take a next step towards you. Help us to not be distracted in all the things that we have in our life, all those stresses, those worries. Lord, help us to leave those at your feet right now as we listen to you. In Jesus' name we pray. So the first question is this from Luke 8:25. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Let's just start right there, right? Like, just go straight for the, like, the jugular, right? Where is your faith? So this question, Jesus asks this question right after he calms the storm. The disciples and Jesus are in a boat. A storm kind of like kicks in. There's a whirlwind. They think they're going to die. Where is Jesus? Jesus is asleep in the boat. They go wake him up. He calms the storm. And then he says to them, hey, where is your faith? Where is your faith? They were freaking out while the storm was blasting. And Jesus, after calms it, says, where's your faith? Second question. What do you want me to do for you? From Mark 10, 51. What do you want me to do for you? This is blind Bartimaeus. This is where he is, he is um, reaching out to Jesus. He's yelling for Jesus. He's making a racket. And the crowd is telling him to be quiet. The crowd is telling him to go away. That Jesus has more important things to do right now than to talk to you. And Jesus calls his name, and then he runs to Jesus. The crowd says, hey, Bartimaeus, they're calling your name. Go, see what he says. And he asks him this question, what do you want me to do for you? Third question is this, who do you say that I am? Matthew 16, 15. Jesus was, was talking to his disciples, and he was asking, he's like, hey, so what's the news about me out there? Like, what are everybody saying? What's going on? What is Fox News saying? What is CNN saying? And they're like, well, some of them are saying that you're John the Baptist. Some of them are saying that you're Elijah. Some of, you think, some of them think that you're maybe Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he turns to them and he says, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Fourth question is this. You do not want to leave too, do you? From John 6, 67. And so this is a longer passage where Jesus kind of talks about himself as being the bread of life. And he says some pretty harsh things, some pretty bizarre things. 
And he's talking to a large group of people of his disciples, a lot of people that were on board, seemingly on board. And he starts talking about all these things, these weird things. And he says things like, hey, whoever eats my body and drinks my blood will be saved. Everyone's like, time out, what'd you say? And they all start to split. One by one, they start to split. I mean, think about it. And if I said, hey, if anybody eats my body and drinks my blood today, you're good. You guys would be like, you're doing it wrong, Joe. You're doing it wrong. Stop. But Jesus said that. And so people started to leave. And he turns to the 12 disciples and he says, hey, you don't want to leave too, do you? He didn't even say, hey, Judas, you can go. He didn't. He, he said, you don't want to leave too, do you? And so this question, these four questions are a big deal. Why are they a big deal? Why are they important? Because you're here, you're fighting off the sleep demon, which is a real thing, all right, because it's hard to stay awake in church. I get it. And you're, 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 you're trying to figure, okay, why should I care? Why do I care that this is, well, these questions are the four questions that you handpick? I mean, he asked hundreds of questions. What's the big deal about these four? Here's, let's take each one and ask that of each one. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Here's why this question is important. Because it drove the disciples to evaluate and to go deep into what they believed about Jesus. It, it caused them, in, in really in the middle of a storm, they're thinking like, wow, it, the wind's blowing, right? I mean, it's crazy today. Like, there's, there's a storm brewing, there's a storm happening, and Jesus, they're, they're, they ask, he asks this question of them, and they have to, to, to wrestle with that. And, and I think that's what's important, and this is kind of a side trail, is, and we like them, right? Is that storms, this is a literal storm that Jesus calmed, but there are storms in our life all the time. And I, and I would say it this way, either you're coming out of a storm, you're in a storm, or you're headed into a storm. Sorry for that, that, that wasn't great news for you, but that's just life. Like you're either coming out of one, you're either in a storm, or you're heading into a storm. And the question that Jesus has for you is, where is your faith? And, and here's the side rabbit trail. In order for us to understand storms in our life we need to under, and get through them, we need to understand that a storm in the disciples' life, a literal storm, is what drove them to connect with Jesus around that question. Where is your faith? So in order for us, this was actually, for them, a storm was actually a good thing because it caused them to wrestle with that question that Jesus asked them. So what we need in order to, to weather the storm, to, to get through the storm, is we need to have this. Are you ready? We need to have a redemptive perspective on suffering. Let me say that again. We need to have a redemptive perspective on suffering. What does that mean, Joe? Here's what that means. It means that somehow we trust and we know that the storm in our life, the suffering that we are experiencing, somehow, some way, someday will have a good purpose, a redemptive purpose for my life. The people that get through some of the worst conditions, being tortured, being, being um, uh, imprisoned, Behind enemy lines, the way that they understand getting through and got through those storms in their life was when they understood that there was good in this, eventually I will see it. 
And if we can get to that point, if we can have a redemptive perspective on suffering, we can get through anything. And some of you needed to hear that today because you're in the middle of a storm. So what do you want me to do for you? The second question. Why is this one important? Well, it's, it's important because it causes us to dig deep into what healing we really need. And this, one is, this one's a little difficult to swallow because this, is, this requires some work for us to go back into. To say, okay, like with blind Bartimaeus, it's pretty obvious. He could have, I mean, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, he could have listed a whole list of things. But he went right to the thing that was causing him the most pain in his life, which is the fact that he couldn't see. Like, this was what he had to do. Is Jesus basically said, put a fine point on it. Tell me, what do you want me to do for you? And he was able to speak that. But this causes us then to, how do we answer it? We have to go into what our pain is, where it is, what it is, identify it, acknowledge it, and say, you know what, this is something that has been bothering me for a long time. This is something that I've struggled with. This is something that was done to me, said to me, spoken over me. This is how I was raised. This was not okay. And be able to say that that's the pain. And God, I want you to heal that. And Jesus will be faithful to go into that story of yours and heal that with you if you're willing to go there. But that question causes us to go there. Who do you say that I am? Matthew 16, 15. Why is this important? It's important. <laughs> it's important because it determines how you live now and how you'll live later. We spent, a couple weeks ago, we spent all kinds of time talking about the fact that Jesus is the healer. I'm not. Jesus is the provider. I'm not. Jesus is the life. I'm not. Jesus is the truth. I'm not. And when we acknowledge who Jesus is and we say who he is, it changes the trajectory of our life. It determines how we live. When we serve a holy king that is the healer, then we walk with a little bit of a different step. We walk in confidence and we walk in healing. You don't want to leave too, do you? From John 6, 67. This is important because it taps into the level of commitment we have to Jesus. This is basically saying, how bad do you want this? When everyone else leaves, are you going to go too? When everyone else, all of your friends, all the people you thought were friends, all of your family, everyone else is gone and you're down to the core of the core of the core. And Jesus says, are you going to leave too? It's a, it's a question that drives us to evaluate our commitment to God. Ultimately, his questions are important, and these four are important because they change the trajectory of our life depending on how we answer them. So there's another question. How would you answer these questions? Let's look at what the answers were that came about when Jesus asked this. Where is your faith? Well, guess what? Disciples never answered that. They did later. But at that moment, you know what they did? After Jesus calmed the storm and said, where is your faith? They were freaking out. 
They were scared. They were scared during the storm, and then he calmed it, and they were scared again. They're like, wow, this guy? Who is this guy? And they were afraid, and they were amazed. So how would you answer that question in your life right now? Some of you um, are in the middle of a storm. Where's your faith? Some of you just came out of one. Where's your faith? But the storm is bringing it to a head. It's causing us to, to ask that question. It's causing us to answer that question with Jesus by our side. Some of you are just stepping right into the Jesus thing right now. You're starting to put Jesus first. Good job. You know what he said? He didn't say, come believe me. He said, come follow me. That's your first step. Follow him. Look at what he did. Look at what he said. Look at the questions that he asked. Start to interact with those. You're going to see your life change. Some of you have been down this road for a long time. You guys are warriors. You guys have seen some battles. You guys have been through a lot. And your faith is still strong. But today... Just check in with your soul. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? What do you want me to do for you? Well, the blind man said this. He said, Rabbi, I want to see. He didn't, he didn't like hesitate. He said, I want to see. He just said it, and, he, and there he was healed. And, and I think what we have to do is we have to say, are we willing to do our part in that healing? Because Jesus called his name. And the crowd said, you got to go. But he got up and he went to Jesus and he answered his question. He knew what he needed God to do for him. He could have asked for anything and he asked to be healed of his blindness. Are you willing to do your part to be healed? Who do you say that I am? This is what Peter said. He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is the same guy that was on the boat not so long ago. And he was just freaking out. And he didn't have anything to say except to be amazed that Jesus calmed the storm. And now Peter is saying this. He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is who you are. Peter answered the question for himself. He said, some people say that you're John the Baptist. Some people say Elijah or Jeremiah. But I'm telling you right now that you, I know, are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is the, the answer that Peter gave. You do not want to leave too, do you? Peter again, he answers this. I love this response. He says this. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. I mean, think about this. Everyone else is deserting, and Peter just basically says, I'm not leaving. Where else would I go? And I can relate so much because many of you, maybe, same as me, we've tried some things. We've tried to run our lives our way. It doesn't go great. I watch other people try it. It doesn't go great. But some of us have come to the place where we believe, mind, body, soul, right? We believe in our heart and we know in our mind that Jesus is the Holy One of God. And when that becomes our answer, when that becomes, in our own words, our own language, how we respond, it changes our life. I need some help real quick. I want you guys, and I want to challenge you right now, 
and asked you, will you answer these questions? And so we've got some paper that we're going to hand out somewhere. We're going to do that. Um, and on this piece of paper, it's a little half sheet of paper, there are four questions. The four questions that you saw today. And it's coupled with the passage of Scripture that it's found in. So every day this week, one a day for the next four days, I challenge you, I challenge you to sit with that piece of paper and write your answer out. And I know that for some of you, it's going to seem very academic, very, very like, kind of like, even like childish to do this, but I will tell you something. We may sit here and say that we have answered these questions in some lofty way. You may be correct. There's some of us in the room, and maybe many of us in the room, that we have answered this question in our minds, but we've never written it out. We've never written down our answers. Some of us have never answered these questions. And you're going to begin following Jesus today by answering these questions in your own time with God. So will you answer them? And then will you answer them for yourself? Here's what I'll tell you. Little Aubrey. She was dedicated today. Parents are like awesome. Wrote a letter to her, cried. It was, it was powerful. And Aubrey needs her mom and dad right now to learn about God and to understand. But at some point, Aubrey's going to have to step into it herself. And she's going to say, Mom and Dad, I love you, but I'm not going to ride your coattails anymore. Your faith is your faith. And I've been a part of that, and, and I've been a part of it, and it's been great. But today, I am making a decision for myself that I am going to say, I have come to believe in my heart and know in my mind that Jesus is the Holy One of God. I'm not going to ride the coattails anymore. So some of you are going to answer these questions for the first time. Some of these are going to, you're going to answer these questions for the first time for yourself. And let me tell you, there's some people in your life that are still speaking to you and they're not around anymore. You guys know what I'm talking about. There's people in your life that have spoken things over you. There are voices that you still respond to, even though those people in your life are not around anymore. Let me tell you, you don't need them anymore. What you need to do is to step up like an adult and say, you know what? I'm 15. I'm ready. I'm 18, 22, 42. Doesn't matter. I am ready to say, this is my faith now. And some of you that have been around for a long time, that have made that commitment a long time ago and answered these questions, and some of you have answered these questions for yourself. But my, my last challenge to you is this. Have you answered them today? Have you answered these questions today? Why? Because our faith is constantly being renewed, and the enemy is always coming at you to whittle away at your faith in him. And you know what? It's time. We just need to put our faith in him today. The band can come up. The songs that we sing, the songs that we're going to sing today, are very personal. And lyrics to songs can be very, um, they can be very over the top, if you will. 
But I think what's great is that these songs drive us to make personal declarations about Jesus. When we sing the song, Sinking Deep, the bridge says that, Lord, hear my cry. My only desire is to serve you all of my days. Not your days, my days. When we sing these songs, these are songs that are going to allow us to make a personal commitment once again for some of us and maybe for the first time for others. So why don't we stand and let's pray. Heavenly Father, you know, Lord God, our hearts. Scripture says in John that before you ask the question, are you going to leave too? You knew who believed and you knew who would betray. And God, what's awesome about that is that you know every heart in this room. You know where we're at. We're all at different places in our spiritual journey. We're all at different places. But Lord, you know where we're at. You know the questions that we have. You know the struggles that we have. And Lord, you are a safe place because of that. So we can put our faith in you. We can answer these questions on our own time. And we can write some things out. And we might not love the answer yet. But Lord, you are saying to us that our story isn't over. And you're walking with us through it. In a kind and gentle way. Lord, you wrap your arms around us. And you invite us to answer your questions. Lord, I pray that, that we would recognize that these questions push us along our journey, just like it did for the disciples in the storm. It moved us to the next step in our journey. And Lord, if we just would allow you to open our eyes this morning to the beautiful place that it's bringing us to, where you are number one, where your questions are, are more important than our questions. When you, Lord, are everything to us, help us to stay on that journey as we, Lord God, worship you this morning. You know, last night, during the worship time, I was asking God, I was like, why those four questions? Like, why? Like, And, and he really kind of impressed upon me that it's what we do every week. It's what he does every week. Like we, we, he wants us to ask ourselves this question, where is our faith? Every day, really. He, he wants us to answer the question every week, every day, what, what do you want me to do for you? And every day, every week that we're here, we, we answer the question, who do you say that I am? We, we continue to lift him up. And then we renew our commitment and we say, we're not leaving. We answer that question, do you want to leave too? And so it was really cool because like, out of all probably hundreds of questions that Jesus asked, I said, why did this land here? And it just coincided with what we're all about, is, is challenging ourselves to engage in those questions every single week. This week we just like talked about it more. <laughs> And so before we go, um, I, I just want to highlight one little thing, and that is we have about 20 plus people
who have been praying and been raising money to go to Haiti, uh, leaving a week from, well, two weeks from yesterday. And if you don't know, Haiti is not okay right now. Um, They've put a level four travel ban on Haiti, which basically means do not travel there. And so the 20, and I'm one of those 20, the 20 of us are kind of in limbo about what's going to happen and whether or not we're going to be able to go on these trips. And so the decision's going to be made Thursday. If the ban is not lifted, um, we're not going to go. Um, and that's a big deal for a lot of us. But I, I think what's more important is for us just to pray for Haiti. Because whether or not we go, you know, we'll work that out. But the people in Haiti are hurting, and it's just a really, really tough place to be right now. So let me pray, and let me include that in our prayer time. Is that cool? Lord, we just thank you so much for today. We thank you, God, for where we're all at in our faith. And Lord, I pray right now that as we go, that we would do the work to wrestle with these questions that you've asked, and Lord, that you continue to ask us. Lord, that we would answer them for ourselves. And Lord, we would answer them every day. That we would renew our commitment to you. That we would renew our desire to be one with you. Like that song said, Lord, that you would be the one that we would look to to satisfy us. Lord, that we would not try to satisfy other folks. But Lord, we would be there with you. And Lord, you would satisfy us. Lord, help us to allow you and to let you be first in our life. And help us, Lord God, to realize that your questions are more important than ours, but ours are still important too. Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we lift up Haiti to you, this country that's that's torn up, that's corrupt, that just has a lot of darkness in it. And Lord, we pray for all of those that are there, that are doing good work, that are, that are trying to continue to stay and keep the hospitals open and the orphanages going and, and the, the rescue houses open. Lord God, we pray, Lord God, that, that you would be there because wherever there is darkness, there is also light. And Lord, we pray for those missionaries that we support. We pray for those teams that are praying about and not even knowing if they're gonna go. But Lord, we pray for healing in Haiti a place where it doesn't seem like it's even possible, but with you, God, Lord, we give those lives to you. We give those kids to you, those moms and dads and those families, Lord God, that are just trying to make it. Lord, we lift them up to you and pray, God, that you would somehow, someway break through and give them hope. We thank you for all this, and we thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for this very first 11 o'clock service this year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. We'll see you guys very soon, next week, sooner than that. We don't know. 